Hey, welcome everybody to the Sharpway Show. So happy to have you here this evening. I know it is 7 p.m. on the East Coast, which means you kind of got to watch me do stuff. I know it's kind of weird, but that's kind of the rules. Thank you so much for giving me a small chunk of your uh, evening. Um, I'm very lucky today. I have with me someone who is... Uh, going to talk about an interesting issue on how we vote. I know who cares about that. Lots of people care about that. I have with me the, the ED, Executive Director of Rank the Vote, the man himself, Nathan Lockwood. How are you? Hey, Larry. I'm great. Really thrilled to be on your show tonight with your uh, your guests. I am happy also. If you guys care about voting, and I know you do, then please like, comment, and share so we can talk about this, you guys. Voting kind of does matter. But you are, Nathan, you are all about basically ranked choice voting. That is really the big deal here. And I know lots of people have talked about it. There's been some you know, word about it. Oh, yeah, it's the thing. We have in a couple of areas and across the states. We have it here in New York City only for, um, for uh, our local primaries. Give my audience a general idea on what is that? What is ranked choice voting? Absolutely. Yeah. So ranked choice voting is just it's a simple improvement to the way we vote. So right now, when you go into that voting booth for any given election, you're allowed to choose just one candidate, whether there's two running or or 10 running. With ranked choice voting, it's a simple modification of that ballot where instead of just picking one of the candidates, now you can rank the candidates in the order that you prefer them. So here's a little sample ballot that we use, Mm -hmm. taking us back to 2016 presidential election. Yep. So you, you could say, well, this one is my favorite, cho- my first choice, my favorite choice. But mm-hmm. if they don't have the support needed to win, rather than, um, you know, throwing my ballot away, I'd like it to count towards my second favorite choice. Got it. Um, and so on. And everybody gets to do that. Everybody's ballot has the same weight. But as a voter, uh, you no longer have to worry about wasting your vote when you choose your f- to vote for your favorite. You can vote both. Uh, idealistically, always going for the candidate that appeals to you the most, and voting pragmatically uh, with your backup choices so that your vote is always going to count uh, in so determining the I final love outcome. Gary Johnson as a libertarian, so I put him first. But because I'm afraid of losing my vote, the wasted vote, right? If I'm left, well, I don't want Hillary to win. And if I'm right, well, I don't want Trump to win. So I... No, hold on. Is that, no, did, did I do it right? If I'm right, whichever, whichever one, I don't want the other to win, right? So I can vote for Gary Johnson first, and then whichever is the lesser of two evils next. Is that kind of what you mean? That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And for, for many folks like yourself, let's say, that wanted to vote for Gary Johnson, some of them said, you know what? I'm going to stick to my my core beliefs. I'm going to just vote for Gary Johnson, you know, damn the torpedoes right. or whatever. I, you know, I'm going to wash my hands or whatever else happens. Right. Others, it was just like, you know what, I'm I'm too worried about what's going to happen if I vote for for Johnson and the other person gets in. So I'm just, it feels awful, but I'm just going to have to vote for the other person. And some people really, a lot of people just really stress out about that. And they come yeah. away from the voting experience feeling really unsatisfied, yes. not having even be able to express themselves. You know? I, I get it completely. I see people walking away from politics like there's no tomorrow. And I think that brings, in fact, Ryan just popped up. He said, I dropped Facebook for 10 days per Dan taxation and Steph Berman. I guess he told him to not do that. He said, this is literally what, what brought me back. So we're back. Exactly. That's my point. I think you're totally right. We can 
we can have more impact here. And that's what I see. But Joe brings up a very uh, interesting question here. Joe says, but Nathan, does this fix the issue with a candidate winning the election without a majority, right? As as many people know, right now, if someone, if you don't have ranked choice voting, voting and you have a majority, you know, first past the post type of voting, if no one gets a majority, you basically have a runoff, right? You have a second election with the top two and whoever wins, wins. But in this case, Nathan, if I get it, if I understand it correctly, there's no runoff or is there? That's a really good question, uh, both from Eulary and from Joe as well. So another, uh, you know, the, the flavor of ranked choice voting that is most commonly adopted in the U.S. is also often referred to as instant runoff voting, because okay. it turns out when when all the voters rank as many or as few as they like on this ballot, um, we're actually able to conduct the runoff. Um, just from from those initial collection of ballots, we can do a runoff without bringing people out to the polls again. And in fact, some states that actually have uh, top two runoffs, there's a, a number of southern states that do this. Uh, they actually use ranked ballots for military and overseas voters so ah, that okay. they can accelerate the process. They don't have to wait to have the runoff to send the ballot off and, and bring it bring it back. Um, so, you know, like top two runoff. So yes, it does, ranked choice voting does help ensure that the winner has the support of a majority. There is a little caveat there in that because we give voters the freedom to rank as many or as few as they like, just like when we have top two runoffs, we don't force everybody to come that came to the original election to come to the runoff election. Uh, it may turn out that I may only rank one or two candidates and perhaps my favorites are not the top two finalists. Mm -hmm. Right. As a result of that sort of decision on voters like me to abstain from ranking additional candidates, um, there can be a situation where the final winner wins by a majority over the runner up. So we know that they're preferred by a majority to any other candidate. However, they may not be an absolute majority of the number of voters who cast their votes. So, so hold on, you just mentioned something as few and you said voluntary abstain, right? So you're telling me I don't have to rank them all. So I don't have to rank all of them. In fact, if there's somebody that I just can't stand, like I don't want Howie Hawkins. I love Howie, by the way, he's a friend of mine. But if I don't like Howie Hawkins, I can go, I'm not ranking Howie Hawkins. I can do that. Yeah, absolutely. You can, in the United States, in, in every precinct uh, using ranked choice voting in the United States, it's your right to rank as many or as few as you like. And I would like, add I just check one anyway if I wanted to. If I'm like the only guy I want Gary Johnson, everybody else is a terrible pick for me. I can just do Gary Johnson if I want to. That is your choice. I mean, if there's consequences of that choice, the consequences are that if Gary doesn't make the cut, you've kind of you're kind of sitting on the sidelines. Right. But it, but it right. is your choice. You know, when we talk to voters who support the two major parties, we encounter people who say, "I just want to vote for my party's right nominee." And that's it for me. The interesting thing is even those folks that are just ranking that one candidate still benefit from the ability of like-minded voters to, uh, mm. to rank theirs because, you know, um, maybe that if it's a Democrat, you know, maybe one of their buddies really loves Howie Hawkins mm -hmm. and without rank choice would have just voted for him anyways with this, they're able to rank the Democrat second or same with the Republicans. Maybe uh, someone's just going to vote Trump. Um, but they have a buddy who loves uh, Joe Jorgensen, you know, and they're going to vote for Joe Jorgensen. And now, you know, they can they can rank Trump second or whoever 
whoever they want to rank second. So right. and same thing as a libertarian, you, you just pick your one because, you know, you, you just you don't want it on your hands that you contributed to someone else winning. But the fact that we're liberating your friend who was concerned about the other choice to vote. Sure. Joe Jorgensen or whoever the libertarian nominee is first helps you out, too. Got it. I like that. Wally brings up a comment that I, I told you was going to come up. Ensure full ballot access to all third parties. I'm here in Maine with RCV or ranked choice voting. So let me cover two parts to what Wally's talking about. Let me ask you on a more, I guess, I know that rank the vote is much more and really about ranked choice voting. Do you, do you care or does it matter? Or does it work together with ballot access or no? Yeah, so I, I think there's def- – so we are focused on ranked choice voting. That said, I mean, why are we for ranked choice voting? Because we're, we want there to be more choice for voters, more informed mm-hmm. choices for voters. And so I think ballot access is an extremely important issue, and, and virtually everyone who cares about ballot access or about ranked choice voting also has, cares about ballot access. I hear yeah. them together often. Absolutely. And the beautiful thing about ranked choice voting is, um, I mean, with, with respect to ballot access, there's sort of a – kind of a continuum. You could have like, you know, just show up at an office and sign something and you're on the ballot. Or you could say you need, you know, 400,000 signatures and $200,000 to get on the ballot. And then there's things in between that. Um, One city, uh, 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 Minneapolis, Minnesota, that uses ranked choice voting, at least uh, up until recently, maybe, I think it still may be this way, they've had very loose ballot access rules. So it's not uncommon to see fields of 36 candidates, including, you know, you know, candidates uh, running as pirates and uh, unicorns <laughs> and y- unicorn party and, you know, all kinds of exciting things. Um, and some people might say, well, you know, that's that's a little too much. You know, uh, a $25 check to get on the ballot should be a little bit more. But at any rate, I think most most people who care about ranked choice voting believe that there should be easy, reasonable ways for legitimate candidates to get on the ballot and, uh, you know, activists working for ranked choice voting will be among the first to support, you know, uh, policy changes in jurisdictions to facilitate that. I mean, obviously a party is legitimate as a libertarian party should never have a challenge getting on the ballot for any race in any state. You guys are on, uh, you folks are on, you know, you make the fit all 50 states for the presidential election, you know, consistently. Absolutely. hundred percent. Tamara brings this up. She says, um, I love the idea of switching to ranked ballots. I think third parties would see a more realistic number and the amount of support they have. Do you have any evidence of that being happening at all? That third parties do get more, either more votes or, you know, more support or anything. Is there any, I know it feels that way. And I think so also, do you know if it's actually true? Uh, It's a really good question. So um, I don't, I don't have formal studies I can cite here. I can cite, I can off the top of my head, cite some examples. So I, I believe in short, it's true. If you look at the experience, for example, in Australia, which has used ranked choice voting for uh, over a hundred years, um, y- yes, the third parties get way higher percentage of votes than they do in the United States. They don't always win seats, which is something we can talk about. But you see voters voting for them in higher percentages. Mm. In, uh, in Australia right now, they're going through some of the same generational and cultural changes that we are. And kind of like you know, if you go back forty years, you know, think about your parents and grandparents are like. Yep, I'm going to vote for this party, you know, every time. And, you know, I'm not, there's two parties and forget the other ones. So in Australia now, increasingly elections are hinging on voters whose first preferences are not the two major parties there. And um, 
they're voting other parties first. Those parties are winning more often. Um, and the way ranked choice voting works is that, uh, you know, parties can appeal to each other's supporters and kind of make deals with each other. Like, um, you know, the conservative party can say to the conservative independents, um, hey, you know, if you um, encourage your parties to vote a second, we'll, you know, encourage our voters to support you uh, as well. And so it gives them sometimes they win and it also gives them more influence. Um, and so in the United States, a couple examples. So Maine uh, was the first U.S. Mm -hmm. state to adopt ranked choice voting statewide. Now, Maine has pretty, uh, as I understand, somewhat restrictive uh, ballot access rules. Um, in uh, the Senate election in 2020, Susan Collins was running against Sarah Gideon, the Democrat, and also mm -hmm. against an independent, two independents. One of those independents would have likely run on a Green Party ticket. Um, her name escapes me at the moment, Lisa Savage. Uh, right. She, you know, the, the both independents were able to participate in most of the debates. Um, they were covered mm -hmm. in the media, which was exciting. And I think Lisa Savage uh, came in at five or 6%, which I'm sure is far less than she and her supporters would have liked, but is a far better performance than yeah. you'll see the Green Party perform in most tickets. And that was the first, you know, kind of the first big Senate election in a while under ranked choice voting that, that the, you know, a Green had run in. So you've opened up a, a bunch of other questions. So let me, ooh, now I don't know which way to go. Let me, let me go first to, you just talked about the idea of people can make deals, right? Think people can, can talk. And we found that here in New York City. Again, in New York City, we do have ranked choice voting for our primary. And we found people like Andrew Yang, who was running, saying, if you don't vote for me, vote for her. If you don't vote for her, vote for him. We found some of the, some of the, at the top of the ticket, there was still vitriol, right? There was still, he's a bad guy. She's a bad woman, right? That was, that still happened at the top. But as you got to the bottom, there was kind of some teaming up in that regard. And I, I don't think New Yorkers, I don't think we took it well. Hmm. I think it was kind of a shock for us. Like, we, no, you're supposed to hate her. You're supposed to hate him. Why are you being nice? Like, I think we just weren't accustomed to it. And I, I don't know if it went over well. I mean, what do you say to that? Yeah, it's it's true. And that's happened in other uh, elections with ranked choice voting. Um, with, you know, in some people like it and some people don't. The good thing about it is it's entirely above the boards, above the table. Yeah. If it turns off voters, people are going to do it less. If it works, you might see people in, in voters respond to it. I mean, it's sort of a fancy form of endorsement between candidates. So right. um, the nice thing is, is above the board. I mean, I would contrast it with the type of things you can get deals that can happen in our current elections where um, parties can, in, in the extreme cases, put fake candidates on the ballot <laughs> so that they will, you know, siphon some small number of votes away from other candidates. I believe there are people being prosecuted in Florida for this right now. Um, you know, candidates with, you know, put a green on if you want the Democrat to lose, put a, put a someone mm. running as a conservative on if you want the Republican to lose. They've even somebody put somebody with the same name on if you just want to confuse the heck out of uh, your opponent's voters. You know? <laughs> that's good. That's good. So yeah, so I, 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 that's the other issue I bring up there, right? Is there is a, there is a confusion. I think I remember um, in New York again, Cuomo, my soon-to-be former governor, yay, because um, he's stepping down now. Um, he was very, it's like, you know, this dumb ranked choice voting thing, we'll figure out who won. He was very down on it. So was Eric Adams, who actually won, event, initially, uh, was, uh, you know, in the long run, he won. 
But he was all like, you know, I don't know, just count the votes. What's wrong? I mean, they, they're very much that way. And other people who feel that too. So I guess where I, I guess where I'm going is kind of where Joe is going. Joe says, how do we get ranked towards voting on our ballot, right? When you have people who are feeling like that, who are like, just, just count the votes or this is confusing or whatever. How do we get around that and get it on the ballot? How do we do that? Well, that's a great question. So that's that is really gets down to what rank the votes. Uh, my organization, our organization's mission is about. Um, we work with. Now hold on one uh, second. For those of you who are interested, please head over to rankthevote.us. The links are all in the description. You can look their Facebook page, the Twitter account. It's all in the description. Click what you want. But the website's here. Rankthevote.us. Go check them out. I'm sorry, I mean to interrupt you. Nathan, please keep going. No, no, not at all. So. Uh, so basically, how to get ranked choice voting on the ballot in terms of the legality of it, that's going to depend on each jurisdiction. So in New York, there was a citywide ballot measure on a charter uh, review change. Uh, and that's how New Yorkers approved ranked choice voting uh, by like 75 percent or 74 percent. And that's how New Yorkers got to get it on their primary and special election ballots. Um, that'll In the state of Maine, they had a ballot measure. And so there were people who worked to get that ballot measure organized, get it funded, get the signatures collected, spread the word about it, uh, raise awareness about it, fund the campaign to uh, educate Mainers about it. And that's how they were able to win. So but that's basically is, what you do, right? Did I, did you, is that just kind of describing the kind of stuff you do, your organization, organization does? So what our role in, so there's, there's a number of organizations nationally working on ranked choice voting. What mm-hmm. our role is in particular, we come out of uh, a lot of the founder and co-founders of our organization came out of the movement for ranked choice voting in Massachusetts. And ah, what, okay. what we're doing is we're sharing with activists in other states, people interested in ranked choice voting in other states, how they can build support for ranked choice voting in their state so that they have a chance of either uh, building the momentum they need in terms of, you can't, it's very hard to win a ballot measure with just a group of 10 people that think it's a good idea. Yeah. You need to organize thousands and tens of thousands of people who are really passionate about ranked choice voting that are willing to get out there and talk to their friends and family and talk to their legislators and people in their community, influential ones, regular everyday folks, um, so that you can, you know, build a ballot campaign if your state even has that or start to, you know, petition your legislature to, um, that it's something you want them to pass. So uh, our role is we work with these state activists in Massachusetts. We had a lot of success in 2016, uh, there was a handful of ranked choice voting activists, which at the time did not include me because I hadn't heard of it. Um, five five folks got together and said, this is our time. Let's let's have a meeting. We got a list of 200 supporters, which is not a lot of supporters. And there's sure. five of us. Let's have a meeting to get people together and talk about how we can organize to build support for ranked choice voting in Massachusetts. They did that successfully. They were able to celebrate the fact that Maine pulled it off. And that's the beautiful thing here. You can bring, you know, uh, U.S. Constitution, U.S. law allows states a lot of latitude in how they conduct their elections. And ranked choice voting is a perfectly acceptable way to do that, and it's an excellent way to do it. So in Massachusetts, they started organizing to win ranked choice voting in Massachusetts. And to do that, they had to grow from that handful of five volunteers to over a couple years to like 7,000 volunteers, people giving their time to make ranked choice voting happen. And they built their list from those 200 supporters to 50 or 60,000 supporters and that was what enabled them to launch the Yes on Two ballot campaign. That makes sense. Exactly. And so we just teach other people in other states the nuts and bolts, best practices of 
how do you go about organizing from five people and get up to 50 or 100,000 people? So so let me reach out to my audience for a second. If you're thinking, how do I make that happen? Guys, head over to rankthevote.us and figure out what's going on there. And if you think this is important, if it matters to you, then you know what we should do? Support the organization, right? Support them with what you can support. Yep, I'm bugging you for money again. It's what I do. If you think it's important, if it matters to you, throw a couple bucks to rank, rankthevote.us. See if it can work. And even if you can't throw a couple of bucks there, no worries. There's two things you can do. Even if you can't throw the money, some of you I know aren't in the right spot to do that. You can still support the organization by like, commenting, sharing, letting other people know. You can volunteer to help. Or you can start your own organization too. All good. Looking at you, Joe. You could do that too if you want to. All those things are possible. If you can support, please support. But you can also share this video if you want to. That's fine. Go share their videos. They have videos and stuff there too. They have information there. Share that too. Whatever's going to work best for you. You know, I'm always about liking and commenting and sharing. You know, I am. So please do that. If you can, it will help tremendously. So I want to grab a couple more comments if I can. You've got some people. um, So this guy, James brings up an interesting piece. He says, I wonder what happened if none of the above gets the most votes in the ranked choice voting system. I know that's an option in some states. Not all, though. And this is a libertarian thing, Nathan. You may or may not be aware of this, but we always have NOTA on our ballots. None of the above is NOTA. But I know not all parties and people do that. Is NOTA a thing? So, like, if NOTA is on a ranked choice voting ballot, if NOTA wins, does that mean you have to do an entirely new election? How does that work in the ranked choice? In, in, in the libertarian party, how it works is if NOTA wins then they have to do a new election and anyone who was on that ballot is no longer authorized to run in this election. That's how it oh, works wow. in the Libertarian Party. So if, if Bob, Jane, and Phil are all on the, on the uh, and Noda wins, you do a new election and Bob, Jane, and Phil may not be in the new election. That's how Libertarians do. Do you have an idea how others would deal with this? Well, you know, I don't believe there's any jurisdiction that I'm aware of in the U.S. that has adopted that particular implementation. But, you know, that might be something that libertarians can share. And if, if a lot of folks like it, you know, maybe that would get some traction. You can, you can see the logistical challenges with that approach in an election where you're bringing, um, you know, millions of people out to vote. Uh, so in general, in general, you know, the idea, hopefully your ballot access gets improved everywhere and you can make sure that there's, the hope is that there's always uh, some interesting and highly qualified candidates. Unlike the elections we have now, where it's it's not uncommon, you know, you get people in these elections, then you something you hear some learn something terrible about one of the two candidates that's running. It's like, okay, well, we didn't even get to vote yet, and yes, you know, yeah, I have to decide whether to vote for this, you know, person that's really distasteful, or vote for this other party that I really don't agree with. Or just not vote, you know. So uh, with yes. with ranked choice, you get those more choice. You're, you're much more likely to have a bigger field of choices with ranked choice. Ranked choice voting encourages candidates to run who are often discouraged from running. I'm sure libertarians can relate to, you know, they want to run in, for an important seat in their state, yep. and maybe a Republican says, you know, we 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 like you guys, we agree with a lot of stuff, but you know, just don't sit this one out, you know. Yep. Um, that does, with ranked choice, there's no excuse for doing that. Right. No, we do. We do hear that uh, on a constant basis. Ryan points out if the establishment hates it, you know, it's the correct path. That's there's there's some that's a little libertarian streak on us, too, here, Nathan. But, yeah, I think you know where we're going with that. 
Yeah, I, what I would say is, and, and I, I can certainly relate to, I think uh, many f folks feel that way. Um, and certainly there is inertia, you know, in, in the establishment, in the two major parties. Um, what we find, to get this passed, the reality is, um, so we're a nonpartisan organization. We, we, one of the fun things about working in this space is you get to work with people across the political spectrum. You might totally disagree with them about a lot of things, but once you both get the light in your eyes about ranked choice voting, you're like, wow, just think about how much cooler our elections can be. Think about how much more we'll know about what voters want. Think about how the winner will always have a stronger mandate. You can work together with them. And to win this though, you know, what you find is you got to stay positive about a lot of stuff. Mm. And the reality is like them or, or don't like them. Um, the supporters of the two major parties form a very large number of people in your state. And 100%. when you're trying to win a reform like this, you want as many of both of those parties supporters on your side as possible. So um, in Massachusetts, you know, we, we just had to stay really positive about the messaging. There's so many benefits for everybody. And the reality was, you know, Massachusetts, some people call it like a one party state. It's like so dumb, right. even though our governor is a Republican. Um, but, you know, that the people in the base of the Democratic Party, when we would go talk to them about it, they loved it. One of the reasons was it solved major problems for them. If you look at the primaries in Massachusetts, you get these big fields of candidates like you just yep. had in your New York primary. And they didn't even have runoffs. So, right. oh, who are we going to nominate for Congress? Oh, this person who just got 22%. That happened like two cycles in a row. So like 78% of the Democrats in that district voted for somebody else. And it can happen right. to Republicans. It can happen to anybody. So um, don't. So understandably, you can be cynical about kind of your, the other parties that, or the, two, the establishment parties. But when you're pitching for ranked choice voting – you want to get everybody on board because you want to win at the no, ballot box. I, I get where you're going with that completely. And I think what the reason why they did it, I think, it, or did it in New York City was because they were worried that establishment candidates kept winning. Mm. And they wanted to give non-establishment candidates a chance at winning, right? And in New York City, we're already a one-party city. It's six to one Democrat to Republican, oh, wow. right? So we're already a one-party city. So now they're like, well, then if the Democrat leaders go, you're the next in line, then that's who we get. And they were like, well, we want an actual election. So instead sure. of changing an election law so that other parties could get in, they're like, no, 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 we can't do that. That, that would mean that a non-Democrat could win, and we can't have that. So we'll just have a kind of election within the Democratic Party. This way, we still get you know, a Democrat, but we might get one that we want. So right. I think that is kind of why what they did in New York City. So the other piece I'll bring up is what about the idea? And I've heard this before, the idea of not just having the top one, right? So, for example, creating a ranked choice voting system, say for I'm making this up, uh, you know, five people on a town, you know, board or whatever, or a town council, right? And the top five win. Versus whatever, right? We don't, we're not going each one, but we're going everyone votes in the entire city and the top five people become the top five. Is that part of the rank the vote world or no? Sure. It absolutely is. Um, it's, it's a, and some people consider that like the, the best version of ranked choice voting. Um, it's in fact a version of ranked choice voting that New York City enjoyed uh, for, I believe, about a decade. Uh, in between, it was, I don't remember if it was in the twenties or the thirties. Um, but it was kind of used as a way to sort of, it was implemented as a, as a manner of sort of, uh, reigning in the excesses of Tammany Hall or sort of the, the democratic 
sort of the, the party machine that was sort of dominating and kind of opening it up so that um, a more representative city council could be formed. And it worked very well in terms of electing people that uh, represented, uh, you know, a cross section of New Yorkers in, in an appropriate manner. Um, you know, the party machines weren't too happy with it. Uh, you know, from their perspective, the wrong people were getting sure. elected in some cases. Absolutely. But it's it's actually a very legitimate form. It's used by Ireland for all their elections. So I don't know if you have any Irish listeners over in Ireland. They've been using this since the 1920s. It's worked amazingly well. It shares some benefits with the uh, instant runoff version of ranked choice voting we've been talking about mostly in that um, because it encourages uh, groups to be a little bit less unnecessarily combative and to focus yes. on some areas of common interest. So some political scientists say it has this centripetal effect, these ranking systems, because they sort of provide some incentive. You still have to differentiate yourself, but they do provide incentives to bring people together. And so when they were implementing the peace process in Northern Ireland, one of the things they did, even with the Northern Irish Parliament, uh, I was the, before I was talking about the Republic of Ireland that's used it for 100 years, right. they said, you guys should try this out because it's going to help you focus on the things you have in common rather than the things you've been killing each other over. Uh, and it that worked out uh, well. So Ireland uses it. Australia uses it for their Senate. Um, dozens of states, uh, cities in the U.S. used it in, you know, between the 20s and the 60s. And the last uh, city standing is Cambridge. And now some additional cities are starting to readopt it again, yes, which is really exciting. So, so let me ask, a, I guess, a tougher question for you to answer maybe is, is there a weakness? Like, I know people feel like, well, the ranked choice means that, you know, we don't get the number one guy and they feel like it's not a majority or there's there's a lot of like, I guess, fear or worries. Is confusion a weakness? Is is there a weakness here or is it just so common sense everybody should do it? Well, you know, one thing that we as human beings are not always really good at is change. <laughs> so it's a change from what we do. And, you know, if you, I think if you look closely at it and kick the tires, so the long and the short of it is there's not much that's wrong with it. There's a lot of things you can put your finger on that are a problem with our current system. The thing that, the biggest thing that critics will say about ranked choice voting is they'll say it is confusing. They'll say the average person can't rank three things. Are you kidding me? (laughs) But That's I mean, I th- we've we've kind of all been doing that since we were two or three and we wanted, you know, candy and they didn't have the first choice of candy or ice cream or whatever. Yep. So I don't most people don't take that seriously. If you look at the it, you know, now, at this point in the U.S., there's there's now in excess of 40 cities, 40 or 50 cities that have enacted ranked choice voting. Uh, over 20 of those have already used it. They do just like New York, and they do exit polling in the cities that use it. In New York, you know, you, you folks are, you know, pretty good representative sample of people in the U.S. And um, I'm not sure that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure that's true. That's what, so 95% of New Yorkers in exit polls found it simple to fill out their ballots. There we go. 75% of New Yorkers wanted to continue using ranked choice voting. There so, we go. So I don't know. I think the worst thing you can say about it is it's a change. And, you know, yep. when you make big changes like this and elections are important, you got to do what New York did, which is, you know, I'm sure they you can always do a better job. But New York, it looks these took it seriously. Um, mm-hmm. Spent, I believe, 15 million dollars like on voter education. Yeah. You know, so. Yep. 
In New York, that's not much, though. I mean, New York City's budget is ninety. New York City's budget is ninety billion dollars. Whoa! So fifteen million—that's like pocket change for crossing the bridge toll money. That's nothing, right? <laughs> so yes, yeah. But I know most people don't realize that uh, New York City's budget's bigger than most countries' budgets, right? <laughs> anyway, but yes. And incidentally, um, you guys but, saved about fifteen million by not having to do a runoff election for that mm, for that primary. There we go. I love that. We got a couple comments here. Missy says, I didn't fully understand ranked choice voting until recently. It's an interesting option. I like it. Ah, see, Nathan, you're winning. I love that. <laughs> Ryan awesome, brings up a, a very important point. Someone else brought this up too. So what went wrong in Australia? They're setting up concentration camps. <laughs> uh, Australia has become much more authoritarian for many libertarian tastes. Hmm. So it does scare some libertarians when they say, wait a minute. Uh, they, but here would be my response. And my response, Ryan, is maybe some of the Australians, they wanted more authority, right? I mean, to be forward, not everybody wants to be free. They should be free. But not everybody wants to be free. And I think maybe some of the Australians were like, I don't want to be free. Protect me from the evil COVID. Government put me in a cage. I'm okay. So my gut would say that ranked choice voting still worked. But the people just wanted to be put in cages. Do you have any insight to this, Nathan? Uh, no, I, th- I think that's a, what you're saying is really accurate. I mean, look, uh, ranked choice voting can't fix every issue with human nature or the human soul. It can't yeah. make us want to elect the right person all the time. It will ensure that whatever the majority, it will allow us when we are in the process of choosing who we want to elect, it will allow us to hear more different voices and perspectives from more people with less pressure of some people telling other people to shut up. So we get more variety of voices in it, which is great. So voters get exposed to all that. And it gets to ensure that, you know, um, at least with the instant runoff flavor, that the will of the majority of the voters is what prevails to elect who we choose, which you might say, well, what about, you know, other voices? Well, that's true. I mean, what's the alternative? Do you want 20% of the voters to choose for 100% or do you want over 50% to choose, you know? I agree. Absolutely. So uh, Frankenstein, wrong thing says, you should have the freedom to not be free. <laughs> um, yes. Look, at least in the advantage of the ranked choice voting, you get to pick your jailer. So, I mean, it's something. If right. you get to pick right. your jailer, there we go. And, and, you know, we still, you know, we do have a, you know, Australia, the U.S., we have constitutions. We're a mm. republic. We have these, we have these speed bumps to to prevent, you know, the rampant trampling of, every basic right we have. They don't always work, but they do a pretty good job of, you know, keeping things more in bounds than they might otherwise be if we just let the unchecked decision-making of anyone just run right over us. Absolutely. I think James is on your side. He says, it's funny how people think more choices is confusing and yet had only two choices to vote in my state Senate and I was confused who was worse. (laughs) That's a good point, James. I like that. Who's worse? I don't know. They're both terrible, right? I love it. Here we go. <laughs> That's a great point. I love that. So look, if you guys want to help out, head on over to rankthevote.us. See what they're doing. If you want to start something in your own state, in your county, in your city, these are the guys to reach out to and say, what do I do? How do I start? What, what, what am I going to do here? Who do I go to? They can point you in the right direction. Not just that you're unsure. They've got things for you to look at to figure out what is this? How can it affect you? And on top of that, if you really care about this, then donate. Go there, click, give some cash if you've got some. Ten bucks goes a long way. You know, a million bucks goes more, but I don't think you have a million bucks to give. If you do, give me some of that. Don't give it all to him. We'll split 
half million each. It's fine. Not, I'm not, I'm not greedy, Nathan. Half million each. But otherwise, give what you can give. It's all good. And if you can't give, if you're not in that spot, that's okay. You can also volunteer. And as always, you know, I said a thousand times, you're liking, you're sharing of their content. You're liking their content. Clicking their content does matter. It gets the algorithms going in their, in their, in their um, favor. So please go there, like, comment, share, like, co- comment, share here. If you got some cash, donate so we can get ranked choice voting, you know, in more parts of America. It is, in my view, one of the top three things we can do to make a better America, right? Go ahead, Nathan. I'm sorry. I think you can say something. Go ahead. No, no, that's great. Great pitch, Larry. Um, I would just add to it. We, we, we're, we do take crypto. So rankthevote.us slash give underscore crypto. Those, those little Bitcoins go a long way. So we're really excited yes. about that. The uh, crypto um, link is also, thank you for bringing that, is also in the uh, description. So if you look in the store description on the, on the side there where I put the description in that, the crypto link's there. Click that link. If you want to give some crypto, please go ahead and take care of that. It's funny, though. Steve brings up a valid point here. He says, for what little government we truly need, uh, I think he means ranked choice voting will be fine. And, and the current powers will never, ever allow it. Right? He has an issue. It, he's worried that the, the current power structure of the duopoly that they don't want to allow it but in my view nathan and and please correct me if i'm wrong i feel like this is the reason why we need a rank the vote because we need to organize grassroots the top is never going to agree i mean am i wrong here well never is a strong word i think the top doesn't always agree for sure Ah, okay so in maine where they worked hard to win this and we wouldn't be doing what we were doing if maine did not prove it could be done just to be clear, so your 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 listeners know, in Maine they won ranked choice voting for almost every state and federal election. There were some things in the Maine Constitution which meant they had to they have to wait to to change the Constitution to use it for general elections for state offices. But they're using it for primaries for state and federal mm. offices. They're using it for general elections as well for U.S. Senate, U.S. Congress, and they did it by ballot measure. Their legislature tried to push back and say, "Oh no, we can't do this." They did a, what's called a people's veto, which is a type of ballot measure they have that says, no, 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 we're undoing your tried, attempt to undo. They succeeded at that. Uh, it was put up before the Supreme Court, and it went to the federal circuit. A federal circuit judge upheld the constitutionality. They fought, and they fought, and they fought. Wow. And now it's becoming very popular in Maine. I mean, it was popular to pass, but you know, um, even amongst the establishment there, they're really their secretary of state strongly supports it. Um, many of their elected officials support it. They're probably before too long going to get their constitutional amendment. Oh, and by the way, um, voters in Maine became the first U.S. state in 2020 for the first time based on legislation Maine legislators passed. Maine legislators, Maine Democrats and Maine Republicans passed legislation so that they could use uh, ranked choice voting to vote for president in Maine. And uh, and they did so. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Uh, other thing I'll mention... I want to go one step further, and some people in the chat have been bringing this up also. The idea that they don't trust voting. They don't. They feel like it's, there's no trust. And I feel like this is a great way to bring back trust to the election because it's a whole lot harder, you know, to – it's a whole lot more exciting when there's something new, right? And then people are watching. And if more people are watching, it's a whole lot harder to cheat or do something wrong or to be shady, right? So by default, you're going to have more people watching. And I think you're going to have more people interested in the horse race. 
And I think you saw that in New York City. People like, oh, he won the first round. So what's the next round? I think you did see some of that. You also saw some people drop out when they realized, look, I, I finished seventh. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna win, right? But the person who came in second or third in the first round was like, no, 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 no. I could still win this. So they were kind of still campaigning, right? Still there. But again, to your point, they weren't being that guy above me is evil because they might win. They don't know who's going to win yet. So I think it will bring some excitement back, which in my view thinks maybe it'll bring some trust back. I don't know. Am am I being too, I don't know. Am I I being too much Pollyanna or is some of this true? Well, you just experienced it firsthand in New York, Larry, and I'm really jealous. Um, So that's really, really interesting to to hear that. I'm really glad that you, you and New Yorkers felt some excitement off of that. Yep. Um, a lot of the baseline election security issues are going to be the same whether we in our current system and the new system. I think that what you see in some jurisdictions that have adopted ranked choice voting, um, over time they've made some really nice updates to their system. Uh, for example, they have uh, voting machines that essentially photocopy every ballot as it goes through, and they yep. post the record online so that third-party counting systems can go and take those ballot images and do their own independent count and verification. Ah, so it's, it's pretty cool. Um, so I think, but I think you're, I totally agree with everything you're saying about the voter engagement and the trust. And I think that was reflected in those New York city exit polls. Here we go. So the terror wombat says ranked choice voting with no party affiliation might be more ideal. Is that part of your, uh, your situation with non-party affiliation or non-partisan races does it matter either way i know many local elections are non-partisan almost all of the major ones are right but does that fall in any place with the way you guys are working um so that's that so in terms of the party uh labels and whatnot it's not something we are are, are working on uh we've seen some initiatives in different parts of the country uh for example some open primaries initiatives where some of those proposals included you know, kind of making races nonpartisan. There are some folks who are talking about like making, for example, uh, judicial races nonpartisan. Mm. And there's pros and cons on both sides of that. I know some people are so fed up with, you know, kind of the establishment two parties right. that, that they are, um, they just want to see the labels go away. There's other, you know, other folks that are, that feel that, you know, especially for voters that don't have, aren't, you know, they, they don't live and breathe election stuff, that party cues are important. And that even if you don't like the two major parties, the ability for the group that you, fa- for people who think like you to be able to build a brand around a party label is an important way for you to be able to get traction, even with your third party or independent mm. idea as well. So I think that's a really interesting and important thing to think about. And there's people who come on a, on different sides of that. So with, with our, you know, rank the vote, we don't, it's not something we, we typically take a position on if we were to take a position, you know, by default, it's, you know, we're, we're basically, it's not something we're working on changing. So we. Okay. Jesse brings up a good point. I'm going to want to cover this here. He says, so this sounds great and all, but what happens if in the first pick the libertarian party comes in last and gets 5% of the vote, but the third round, we get 50% of the vote Would the party get 55% of the vote or be disqualified by coming in last in the first pick. Let me see if I get this right. Can I try this? Yeah. Yeah. Please. Here's how I think this works, Jesse. Let's say there's four parties running, Democrat, Republican, uh, Libertarian, and Green, and there's an election. If either Democrat or Republican off the bat get 50% plus one or more, 
election's over. That person wins, election is over. Right? So, but let's say the, you know, the libertarian gets 5%, the green gets 3 and the Republican and Democrat each get what's left over, 42 each, whatever the number is, 44 each, whatever that number is. They get 40-something each. No one got over 50%. What happens is the bottom person, the green person, all of their votes come out for a moment. All the other votes stay there. Those votes are still there. They stay. The Green Party people, now we go to all their secondary votes. All of those votes now get sprinkled in to the three that are remaining. If anyone at that point goes over 50%, then the election's over. If that's still, say, all those people who are green, they all go libertarian for the sake of argument. So libertarian got 8%, but the other two still don't have enough. They have 46% each. So it still doesn't work. So then it goes to a third round. At that point, the libertarian would come out and all of his or her votes would spring the next two, whoever gets 50% would then win. Did I do that right, Nathan, or was I off? No, you're right. You're right on. That is how the instant runoff uh, voting flavor that most jurisdictions in the U.S. use. That is how it works. And it might be like, you know, you know, bummer, the, the libertarians still lost. Um, but there's still some major benefits there. For one thing, we get to see exactly what the true level of support was because the yes. folks that were died in the wool libertarians. And, you know, people are going to take note, like is, particularly like the groups like who did the libertarians pick second? Like they may be yes. like, you know, the Republican, some, some of those voters might've picked the Democrat second. Some might've picked the Republican second. Yep. And they might be thinking, you know, I should be thinking more about courting libertarian voters. Cause like Larry yes. said, it was, it was like 42, 42. And it came down to who of us impressed the libertarians the most. So maybe I yes. want to spend some more time finding out what those people think about, you know? This is the point that I bring up often. What I see with ranked choice voting is even if it doesn't break the duopoly, and I personally hope it does. I know many Americans do not agree with my view, but my personal view is I hope it does break the duopoly. But even if it doesn't, I feel like it by default will make better Republicans and better Democrats because they will have to at least talk to other parts of their own party, number one, so they can win in the primary. And then they're going to have to talk to us to your exactly your point. They're going to have to make sure. I mean, if you look at, Right now, what happened in Georgia, in Georgia state, the, the Senate race, we had a libertarian candidate, Shane Hazel. He got about three or four percent of the vote and he forced the runoff. Now, in the runoff, he offered either one of them to come to him and talk to him to see if he would endorse one of them. They kind of ignored him and they just went off on their own. But with ranked choice voting, they would have they would have been like, hey, wait a minute. This guy, this libertarian picked up four percent of the vote. That's what we need. Let's throw some bones to the Libertarian Party and get something at least. We at least hear what we have to say so that we would then make them all our second choice. I think you're totally right. I think we saw that in Georgia. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, kind of the longer, you know, a vision that, that you know, Libertarians can aspire towards by supporting ranked choice voting is, yeah, as Larry mentioned, there is this other flavor, like when you have uh, a district where you have five seats open and you use ranked mm-hmm. choice voting for that. And that's that's called a proportional system, uh, the way that works in Ireland and elsewhere. That's the recommended way to do that with ranked choice voting. And there, the uh, the thresholds get lower. It turns out you actually need to get more voters to vote for you. I won't get into the weeds on that. But you can win a seat if there's five people running with 17% of the vote, you can get a seat. So if you have 17% libertarians in this bigger district, you could get one of the five seats. Yeah. Which is you know, kind of a reasonable target. That's something you can campaign towards at that point. Absolutely. You, you Libertarians get one of five seats. We're, yeah, we're in. 
Done deal. <laughs> Absolutely. We are in. Absolutely. Yes. Christine says, let's do it, Michigan. So I think you're winning again, Nathan. Life is good. That's great. And Christine, okay. So let me, you've, you've been great, Larry, about telling people about uh, yep. donating. And uh, I can talk a little bit about what we use your money for so you know what's going on with that. Please. Also, getting involved in your state. There's a great group called Rank My Vote with an MI for Michigan. And they're doing some great things. They got two city councils, Lansing and Ann Arbor. These are like household names. They got them. The city councils passed ranked choice voting. Now, the um, the uh, the state elections director was pushing back, saying, "Oh, that's not legal," but but it actually is. So, uh, I think Lansing kind of step one of the two stepped back. Ann Arbor's moving forward and is likely going to be have it on the ballot in November. But uh, rank my vote in Michigan needs all the help they can get. Volunteers, uh, supporters, donors, jump in and help them out. Here we um, go, Christine. You, you got a mission now. See that? There we go. You got a mission. Oh, yeah. And you can join them. It. If you go to our webpage, rankthevote.us slash states, you can look up your state and there'll be a button you can click to go join your state. There we go. Absolutely. Rankthevote.us. I love that. Dustin brings up a different point. He says, man, I would love to see ranked choice voting in combination with blockchain vote counting technology. Is blockchain part of what you deal with? I mean, I know it's kind of off top topic, but this is, these are my uh, people. I'm sorry, Nathan. These are my okay. people. Well, so, I'm yes. going to have to plug. Okay, so this actually gets back to another thing you talked about. So short answer is yes, it's happening. It's not widespread yet. There, one of our amazing advisory board members, a uh, gentleman by the name of Nimit Salani, who is a CEO of a, com- a founder of a company called Votes, V-O-A-T-Z. Mm. They provide a mobile voting app built on blockchain technology for security, and it's used in real elections. Uh, Nimit was instrumental in convincing uh, Utah Republicans and Democrats that during COVID, when they weren't gathering in person for their convention, that they should use his app, uh, that they should use ranked choice voting on his app. Because I don't know if you if folks on this call have ever sat in a party convention where they use this nominating procedure where, like ranked choice voting, they want to get to a candidate with majority support, but they're sitting there in the convention and they vote once, no majority, or redo the ballots, sit around, yes. and it goes on for now. hours and hours. It's a great procedure. It, it gives good results. But with this app, they were able to find out like that, something that they used to have to sit in a stuffy convention hall for eight hours for. And by the way, we talked about how your, your guest asked, will the, will the major parties ever accept it? Most places, no. we got to build from the grassroots up, convince right. people, et cetera. However, Utah, the Republican Party there, led by the former GOP chair, Stan Lockhart, they're, they're now one of the leaders in the nation in RCV adoption. They use it at their convention. They passed a local option bill on a bipartisan basis. Utah is very Republican. They started out with two cities using it. They tweaked the bill to make it easier. In November, 23 cities in Utah. They almost doubled the number wow. of RCV cities nationally. The GOP, the Republicans in Virginia are looking at over this, and they're looking at the benefits for their primary, and they're like, we got this big nominating convention to choose who's going to run. And in, in, in Virginia, they have an option. Their part, GOP has an option. They can either do a primary or they can just nominate right out of state convention. They said, we're going to use ranked choice voting. We're going to use it right at nice. our state convention because we want to get a candidate supported by the majority. We know there's going to be eight people running. We don't want someone winning with 20 or 30%. I love that. Nate says Shane Hazel is the man. That's true, Nate. He is. So anyway, yes. So Dixie brings up a point. She says, the runoff, even if the libertarians don't win the final count, 
but get over 5%, does that mean they'll get federal funds? And I think that's a valid point, Dixie, right? If Because what you'd have, I'm assuming the, the final count, whatever the count would be, would be whatever the the final number is, right? So if 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 the you know the Democrat wins in New York at fifty one percent, and at that point when Democrat wins, the Libertarian has already absorbed the other smaller party vote and didn't have three percent, but now ends at five percent. My assumption is that would count as five percent. That's a really good question. So I think I'm really glad folks brought. First of all, the thing I would point out for li- typically for libertarians, until you know, until you go through enough cycles that you've really built up your base of support, taking advantage of the advantages offered by ranked choice voting or a similar system, um, you're probably your first round counts probably going to be pretty close to your final count, anyway. Yeah. Uh, but what I would say is that's still yeah, pretty but, good. But, but usually the difference is though, if there's many parties, usually not always. Libertarians are the biggest of the small parties. That's interesting. Yeah. So that if they're say that say we get three percent and all the other parties combined get three percent. Yep. Probably two percent of that goes to us. So I'd be really interested. Does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense. I what I can say is I I am aware that in Australia, which has used this the longest, they use first preferences to determine things like ballot access and um, access to fund to. you know, public election funds. I don't know what U.S. federal law is on that and like what's happening in Maine. That's a really interesting question. So we have to figure this one out. And Dixie's right. We got to make it so it's best for us. Yeah. So we can grab every little bit. Right. And some states have state funds. And that's so that's that's state. It's like the ballot access laws. You want to get laws that you think are fair and do justice to ensuring that we get a range of perspectives participating in our elections and building up the strength. I mean, parties are important for, you know, advocating for and building up the support for, of like-minded people. It's an element of free association, right? It's one of the things that makes America great. So having, you know, smaller parties, the ability to form and grow with the right support is amazing. Absolutely. So um, another comment, if I can grab one more. Um, Andrea says, tired of just choosing the one I can plug my nose for and, and smell as much stench as both choices stink. Just one stinks more than the other. So she's there. She's She's with you. Wow. I love it. You're winning some hearts and minds. I love it. There we go. It's all good. I love love you, Larry. I love your your audience. This is amazing. So let me talk a little bit about you giving some great pitches, Larry. So what we use your money for, we have a team of six people at Rank the Vote right now. Or is it five? Five or six people. Uh, Four of them, four and a half of them are our field team. They're the ones... Um, working closely with our state partners. Our state partners are totally independent for, from us. They work with us because we, we help them out with best practices and give them advice based on our experience uh, with ranked choice voting in places where it's had a lot of success in growing support like Massachusetts and Maine. Um, most of our money goes to support that field team. Uh, when we have a field team that can do this, we can launch ranked choice movements in states. We've co-founded over 20 state groups We're now working with people in 40 states, and we have about 27 or 28 groups where there's groups that are stood up and running and doing great work. And so your donations allow us to uh, allow get a better ratio of advisors and coaches to states. Right now, we're at about 10 to 1, uh, and that's holding us back from launching these 14 states we want to launch. And it also means we have to kind of triage our time. There might be states that are looking for some guidance and advice, and we can't give them as much help as they need because we just got a bigger number of folks we got to work with at once there we go there we go i i, I love that 
So I want to add one more piece, guys. You know what I'm going to ask you to do, as always. If you if you want to support Rank the Vote, please do so. If you want to support me, go to take the world's smallest political quiz. You know I bug you every single show to do it, right? Go there, take the world's smallest political quiz. My, my, my sponsors, the Advocates for Self-Government, makes them very happy if you take it. And if you have already taken it, take it and share it. Share it to someone else. Let other people share it. What, what it's going to do is going to get people interested in the actual issues that matter. You have actual conversations on those issues versus just going, I'm a Democrat. I'm a Republican. You can talk about an actual issue and something else. You might find two things. People are more moderate and are more libertarian than you might think. Why do I say that? The number one group, the number one group that people fall into is not libertarian. It's not progressive. It's not conservative. It's moderate. Most people who take that test actually come out moderate. I know some of you are shocked, but that because when you take it, you're all libertarians watching my shows, you call a couple of libertarian. But not we're not the only ones take a test. Most people who take the test actually come up moderate. And that actually shocks people because they I'm a conservative or I'm a progressive. And they come up moderate. And then they realize, wait a minute, maybe I can cross the aisle a bit more. And some of them pop up libertarian too, which is the second most common, believe it or not, that pops up. Number one's moderate. Number two is, is libertarian. So have them take a test. Please do that. It helps my sponsors. It's And it's free. It doesn't cost you a thing. So please do that. If you got a little bit of cash, give it to rank the choice, rank, rank the vote.us. Do that. So there, all good. All right, guys. So I do appreciate uh, that tremendously. Let me grab, if I could. Um, there we go. Uh, Penny's talking about the world's smallest political quiz. Yes. We have that now have the world's shortest voting quiz. How about that? That's the next one. Love it. Love that. That's good. So let me ask Nathan, is there anything that I've, I've missed, something we should be talking about that I might not have covered and think I've missed before we wrap things up? Uh, you've covered so much, Larry. I was just impressed upon folks. This is a great idea. We need to get it out of the idea stage to something that we use everywhere. And the only way to make that, there's, you know, like you said, the three ways they can make that happen is volunteer for their state group, sign up as a supporter of their state group, donate to rank the vote nationally, and donate to their state groups. Um, it really does make a difference. Uh, right now, we've got 300 leaders across the U.S. working with rank the vote. They are in turn working with about 3,000 volunteers and about 25,000 supporters. We're growing at a 10 to 15 percent clip. At that rate, we can go from 25,000 supporters to about 25 million supporters over five years, but we can't do it without folks like you getting involved. So yeah, it's been wonderful getting a chance to talk to all of you. I love that. Thank you. That's awesome. Guys, thank you so much for giving me a chunk of your evening. I hope it was interesting and I hope you learned something cool and I hope it was a good show for you. I will be back on tomorrow. So I hope I will see you guys tomorrow. Guys, have a great night. I will talk to you all.